Yo, I put it like wow, this that sound These oaks don't work hard like me, I hope they know by now Bail, bail, stand my ground Throw these money trees, go overseas like Percy Tau I'll make sure you stay around, quiet when I'm under loud No negatives allowed, me positivity took a vow I always play to win, don't anticipate loss Mind always in the clown, my boy Never think about the drop, never ever ever think about the drop Welcome to it, sports fans. It is the MKT Show. My God, what a weekend. What a Sunday. I'm recording this on Sunday night. Newcastle just choked big time. Unbelievable. Uh, Darwin Nunes, what a guy. What a guy. Uh, What are we talking about today? I'll tell you where I was right, where I was wrong. And then I will tell you something I've been saying for three years. Trent Alexander-Arnold, he is a problem. Uh, We'll talk about that and a little bit more. Um, if you've got time, you know, find yourself, I don't know, maybe this weekend you thought to yourself, let me, let me call my ex, you know, like, let let me just give her a shout, give him a shout, let's work it out. And then you did, and then you see them and you're like, oh my God, this person hasn't changed. What am I doing here? And maybe you hung out for too long, you know, and maybe you were hugging, feeling good. Then you, then you regretted sleeping over, you know. Maybe you were that person this weekend because these things happen. You know what make you feel better? Rate the show. If you go and rate this show, if you're hating yourself, it's Monday morning and you're thinking, why did I go back to Josh's house? Why did I go to Nomvula's house? These are all hypothetical people. But you know what I'm saying. You know, they roped you in. They said sorry. You slept over. And now you don't like yourself. It'll it'll be okay because you're going to give the show a five-star rating. And if if but for that moment, you'll hate yourself a little bit less. I'm not saying you're going to like yourself. No, I don't know what you were doing going back to your ex. Can't help you there. Can't help you in this moment where you go give the show... A five-star rating. And please leave a comment if you've got the time. If you've got the time. If I've just triggered anybody with the X thing, I don't feel bad about that. What are you doing going back to your ex? My rule has always been, if you break up with somebody, right? And I've always stuck to this. I mean, in fairness, I've only had two girlfriends in 37 years. It's not really 37 years. I mean, what's an appropriate age to start dating? 18? 20? Because anything before that, we're mucking about, right? You're not really dating. Like, what are, you, what are you doing at 13? Your parents are dropping you off at the movies and... you're No, you're not dating. It's nonsense. It's, you just have a crush on someone. So, it's been 17... 17 years. I'm going to count from 20. It's been 17 years, and in that time, I've only had two girlfriends. Broke up, well, one I, one was a messy situation that I screwed up, and the other, she just lives in Denmark. So we didn't really break up. 
I just wasn't willing to do long distance again. And quite frankly, neither was she. It was a mutual parting of the ways. Now, I have some friends who say whenever you say mutual parting of the ways, it means you're protecting yourself and you actually got dumped. In this case, it was going fine. I wasn't a horrible person at that time. Um, but she just lived in Denmark. And I was like, that ain't going to work. And she's a she's a particle physicist. So she's one of the most practical people I've ever met. Maybe I'm just, just justifying it in my own mind, you know. Maybe she did dump me. And I'm I'm just framing it this way because my toxic masculinity won't allow me to accept that I got dumped. Maybe. But the story I'm going with is that in 17 years, I haven't gone back to either of my girlfriends. Hasn't really been an option. One's married. And I don't know about the one in Denmark. Try not to speak to my exes either too much. You know? It's not, I, I, I don't know, I don't know what, what good that's doing either of us. What, what good is that doing, by the way? When exes talk to one another. Because I know what the, I know what the Instagram enlightened people who are like, men and women can be friends. Like, what's wrong with you? Don't sexualize everything. I'm like, okay. You know, obviously you're a better person than me. I just, I'm, I am an idiot. I've always said to people, one thing I have to work on is my emotional intelligence or whatever. I don't know what that part is called, where you need to give a little more room to human beings to be capable of thinking beyond the physical. But just like two years of studying genetics has let me know how strong our genetic drivers are and our primal drivers are. And I'm not a PC person who's going to sit here and tell people that women and men don't find each other attractive. If you're gay, this part of the show is not for you. You know, I'm not saying there's anything wrong, but I'm just using the examples that I see the world through because I'm I'm just a straight guy, a a red-blooded male, as they say, you know, who's into the ladies, the ladies. Are the ladies into me? Not so much, but, you know, I'm into the ladies. Anyway, that's not the point. This is this is not a show to put myself down. If anything, this is to boost my ego. If anything, it's my platform. I've named the show after myself to cover up my insecurity by saying my own name and referring to myself in the third person, which is crazy. Anywho, don't see what going back to your ex does for you. Never understood it. Because, again, I'm not, I'm not a very emotional person. And I'm pretty sure there's people listening here that are going, oh, I bet you he is. He's just saying that. I'm, I'm really not. Like, I'm not a... Like, I have to think about it afterwards. I'm just like, oh, okay, well, didn't work out. Worked out. Keep it moving. It's just how I was raised, you know? Get on with it. And I know there's people probably here who believe in energy and star signs and nonsense like that. Probably, usually a yoga teacher somewhere after... After you've done your debauchery in your 20s, you go on a yoga course to India for like six months and all of a sudden you're you're much better than all of us. Anyway, those types of people. I do have a friend like that, Taylor. She's hysterical. Um, Yeah, who believe in energies and like, oh my God, what are we doing here? They're probably thinking, no, but you're just living in the third dimension, which I've been told is the dream state, you know? I think, I think, 
enlightened is like the fifth or sixth dimension. And then you transcend in the seventh or the eighth dimension. I, th I think it's something like that. Anyway, I live in the dream state. So I need to get my energy right. Or, and money's energy. Like we don't believe in the economy. Those people listening are probably going, yeah, but you just need to open your chakras to yourself. Everyone can feel or, or whatever, you know. They, they all talk like this. Well, I don't. This is, you know, it's like that was the past. This is now. Why would you go back to your ex? And here's my, re here's my reason, if you've never heard it. The reason I would never go back to an ex or any, I've never been back to a work situation I was at before. Because I think once you leave a situation, right, the reason you leave will always exist. So it doesn't matter. And I often hear people say, yeah, but what if you both move on in your lives and you grow? Like, no, 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 people don't change. That's one of my biggest arguments. Like, I've locked myself into a life position of people don't change, right? They don't. But, so, so if you go back to a relationship, that person's still that person. They just have to pretend harder not to be that person because maybe they've had three failed relationships and now you're the best option left. So, don't go back to your ex, is the point. Not sure how we got you. Anywho. Rate the show, you know? Now that I've triggered all of your feelings about Peter, who preferred Gwendolyn to you, or, or whatever, you know? Maybe Peter's gay now. And you're the lady who made him gay. That must be a terrible feeling, you know? Because I like to think I'm the most liberal man alive. Or I used to think, but uh, there's, a, there's a whole new level of like wokeness that I just didn't even realize. And, and I thought I was woke back in the day, but I, it turns out I'm pretty conservative uh, with these new blue haired people. But that must be something. If you are a man or a woman and you're the person they're with and then they sit you down one day and they go, and I do know a person where she had kids, two kids with the guy. And she one day had some down and said, I'm a lesbian. I've always wondered what it would feel like to be the person who has to, because there are two people in that situation, and I don't care how enlightened people think we should all be, but if I'm the guy who turned you lesbian, quote unquote, you know, because I mean, throughout the research um, as to whether someone is born lesbian or gay, it's very, very complex, right? It's not it's not it's not as easy as pe like social justice warriors make it sound. First of all, they're not neuroscientists or evolutionary biologists. There's a lot of science going into working on this. But it must be some emotional burden in a Christian Judean society when, quote unquote, you're the person that turned people off men or women. Don't know if that's happened to anyone at MKT Inspires. Has that happened to you? Has your boyfriend or girlfriend gone, I'm into men now, I'm into women now? After being with you for like three years, you know what I mean? Bloody hell. That'll be quite a thing. To be quite a thing, I tell ya. Phew. Don't know what I'd do. <laughs> Speak of that. Um, nah, I can't tell that story. Can't tell that story. 
Yeah, no, I, I can't tell it because people know. People would know, would know the person. Anyway, crazy story about their dad. I, I can't tell it. I can't tell it. I, I, I was going to tell it, but it's too complicated and it's too easy to figure out who that person is. But quite a situation there with their parents. Yowzers. Anywho, at MKT Inspires. Are you the person who turned people off men or women? How did it feel? How do you feel? What happened? What did their parents say? What did your parents say? What did your friends say? When, when did you find out? Why, why did you find out? Why didn't they just leave you? These are the things that interest me. These are the things. The, these are the things. All right, let's get to the show. Uh, if you're a rugby fan, as a South African, I'm bloody delighted at how bad England are. Because I like situations where it doesn't make sense. England are supremely resourced in a global market where they are getting Samoans and Tongans and you know people from around the world to come and play for them. And, I mean, Matt Stevens, who, when he's not um, doing cocaine, he's, he's being a, a brilliant prop for them. South African guy went to school in around the same time as him. He was very good at Kersney. Um, but England have no excuses to be this bad, right? And they are so bad at rugby. And they keep doing it, by the way. Like, I kind of feel like they're the trust fund kid who just doesn't have the tools to deal with adversity or have awkward conversations in life. Like the one time they had a grown-up, Sir Clive Woodward, they were unplayable because he had resources, he had everything, right? Like there was, and that was a very English team. I mean, he had Matt Stevens, but the rest of it was like English, English. Like can't be in the sun for longer than 15 minutes without having third degree burns. We're so pasty, you know? Like terrible teeth. Because of incest kind of English. like, And they got it right then. It was when they had a grown-up. Like He's just a no-nonsense, good old-fashioned grown-up. Military style. And they won. But then they moved away from that model. Like They kicked him out. They didn't like him. And then it's just been a mess since then. And it's kind of like Trust Fund Kid, right? Like all the resources, all the money. But, you know, Daddy just never gave him a hug or whatever. You know these. So, hysterical. They lost to Fiji at home at Twickenham. And you know what made it worse was... I mean, Twickenham was full for the All Blacks and South Africa game. Now, people might say, all of the people who are afraid of black people from South Africa live in England now. People might say that's a controversial statement. Well... We, we know what kind of people have moved to London. Uh, what do you want me to do? Apologize for that. Anywho, not, not everyone who's moved to London is. Although I don't enjoy it when I go overseas. And when people go, oh, there's another South African. I'm like, usually I'm like, oh my gosh. I really don't want to run into South Africans. Because the first thing they do is like, oh, this guy's black. And he sounds kind of white. I can just say, like relatively racist stuff and he'll agree with me like oh you're not like the other black people i'm like oh my god anywho those people live in london largely most of them sw19 i had to deal with them for like two years 
you know, like I don't want to hear about Julius Malema when I'm on holiday in London. Anyway, most of those people who ran away from the blacks, let's face it, you know, it's just what it is what it is, live in London. And I understand it's like 200,000 South Africans live in London, which is insane, or in England. Um, and then the New Zealanders as well. But anyway, Twickenham was full, right? Is That must be a bad look because it was half full for England, the home team. It was full for New Zealand, South Africa. It's weird. But, but listen, ultimately what it shows you really is people spend money on quality, right? Like it's the two best teams in the world. Don't look at the rugby ratings. Ireland's not better than New Zealand or South Africa. Neither France. So that is awkward. If you are an English rugby fan right now, what the hell is going on? Like you've been bad before. Even under Martin Johnson, it was really bad. But you've been bad since 2003. People say, hey, 2007, they made the final. And 2019, you know. But it's been bad. This is bad, 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 how bad you are. And what's the excuse? Because when, for me, I can't be, I can't feel sorry for anyone who grew up like I grew up, middle class and above. Like my father gave us no excuses. There is no excuse for England to be bad. They live in a stable country with all the resources in the world. And English people are relatively good athletes, for, especially for rugby, like that stocky build that um, the Brits have, the British Bulldog build, is great for rugby, especially in their weather. So I, I just don't, I don't get it. Are, are all their best athletes playing other sports? I don't get it. I don't get it. What a mess. And we love it, by the way. Not being English and having that PR of the saviors of rugby. Absolutely love it. On that note, the Owen Farrell, he got four weeks. Bully, uh, bully. Uh, Billy Venupola got um, three weeks. Huh? You know why I have a problem with it, with that judgment, is I'm, let me use an example of how I try and view my life regarding myself, right? I, and I've, I've spoken about it a lot on the show. Um, is I, I had a very troubling 20s. I, I was troubling from 13. But anyway, I'd say 20, that was a, a decade that I don't, I, I, in hindsight, could have been better. Now, I did say earlier, people don't change. I'm trying. It's going to be a lifelong journey for me to try and behave better. right? And I haven't changed. I, I just keep my life smaller. So I'm not in situations to be a dickhead. This is how I look at it. I'm a pragmatist. But the thing about my family, so my sister is a really, really just rock solid human and has always been super consistent, great academic. And maybe you're in the situation in your family life where you resent a sibling and you go, oh, my parents prefer so-and-so. But it's probably because they're more disciplined and more respectful to your parents and they do well at school. And you're like, oh, no one understands me. Like, as though, as a middle-class child, you, you you deserve anything other than what you're getting, which is an incredible life. Your whole life's a holiday, basically. My whole life was a holiday. And I got into the vibe of blaming my parents, you know? But my point is, I was habitually behaving badly, and it's like, of course my parents are going to be... Especially my dad was like, of course he's going to lean into my sister more. She's behaving the way you should as somebody with all the opportunities in the world. 
That, don't give me that. Uh, like, we were middle class. Like, I lacked for nothing. Like, get on with it. I was behaving like an absolute prick, right? And habitually, I would get in trouble and get cut off and no pocket money and things. And in hindsight, bloody right thing. It's not my sister's fault she was disciplined. But my point is this, right? If you're a habitual offender, you should be punished worse. Like, we can't warn you five times. Farrell's been now fined five times. And my problem is that his defense was he was remorseful, right? Why does that matter if you transgress five times? Listen, maybe let me bring it into your world as you're listening to this. If you've ever been cheated on, right? And some people decide to stay and work through it. You're much better people than me. And it's the fourth time. I'm sorry, I, you know, blah, 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 whatever. It wasn't me, it was whatever. I used to blame booze. So people always have an excuse. Alcohol's not an excuse, by the way. You're just a dickhead. So, if you've been cheated on three times and, and the person says, I'll never do it again, the fourth time, surely you're going, this is madness. Mama didn't raise no fool, right? What are we doing with Pharaoh? Like, why are we giving him a chance? Why, why does remorse with somebody who's transgressed five times, why does remorse matter? Oh, so he's remorseful the, the sixth time. And by the way, he's only been cited five times. If you know his catalog, I mean, it must be 20. I, I might be exaggerating and I might be, by the way, understating it. He's got horrible ta- tackle technique. So it doesn't make sense that he got four weeks and Vonipola got three. It's Vonipola's first one, I believe. And essentially they've got the same punishment because they're going to miss the same amount of games. And now people are saying it's tied to the World Cup. Who cares? And I'm not even going to get into the tip tackle for the Tongan guy. You know, it was a different thing. The tip tackle was bad and they did reduce his one from 10 to 5 weeks. But my issue is this. Scott Barrett now is going to get a ban. And you almost have to give him at least four weeks. At least, right? We're going to the World Cup. At least got to give Barrett because it was head to the neck. It was horrendous. But if you'd punished Farrell the way you should punish him, 10 weeks, then you with Barrett, you could almost go two weeks because it's not as bad as a habitual offender who nearly decapitated a Welshman. But now because you've been light on somebody who is the most heinous type of offender in the sport. I don't know Farrell. He, maybe he's a good guy. He's always the captain and people seem to like him. Whatever. I'm not saying he's not a good guy. That's not what this is about. What he is is a habitual offender. There's lots of drug addicts who are nice people. Doesn't stop them being a drug addict. Doesn't stop this guy being a habitual offender on the rugby field. For something quite gross in a modern society actually. It's like in an already inherently violent sport. This guy's transgressing in maybe the most violent sport in the world. Like, how far depraved do we have to be past, oh my God, rugby's already so violent and amazing without the transgression to the head in a dangerous sport that's losing athletes because mothers don't want their kids having broken necks. And you give them the same punishment as Vunipola, and now you're going to have to give Barrett that punishment because that's the rule. 
Whereas if you'd gone, okay, habitual offender, I'll repeat it one last time. Farrell should be out for 10 weeks. Like, Brew, you can't cheat on me four times and say, I'm now going to seek Jesus or, or whatever people say when they're desperate. Like, come on. Remorseful. Credible. And now they have to. They're going to find Barrett four weeks, right? Minimum. That's the entry level now. And if they don't, and if they don't, what are we doing? Because Vunipola got three weeks. Barrett's was worse than Vunipola's for me. There's more mitigation in Vunipola's one. For, for Barrett's one, Marx is trapped in a ruck. That's almost premeditated. Barrett's one's premeditated. It, it felt premeditated. Because there you can change your body shape. You can, you, you've got so much time to set your body shape for a ruck, especially from how far out Barrett is coming from. First he's coming at the side and then he's gone neck. I mean, shambolic. But, but he's a first-time offender, but you can't let him get away with that because you didn't let Vinopola get away with it. And you didn't let Farrell get away with it. Who? Anyway, you get it. Disgusting. Disgusting. Anyway, England are so bad at rugby. Maybe it's good that Farrell's there. For when they lose to Argentina. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. All right, as I do every time a football weekend ends. I did it on the Thursday pod because there was a Monday night fixture. But this time, Liverpool-Newcastle was the final fixture. I'm going to tell you where I was right, where I was wrong. I've cut it down a bit. I was doing five. I was listening back to the podcast. Five's a bit much. It's a bit long. It, five works when I've got a live for live doesn't really work for podcasts it doesn't sound as cool when it's live it's interactive you can kind of discuss it a little bit it works so i've cut it down to three ladies and gentlemen this is where i was right uh, where mkt was right where mkt was wrong so this segment if you don't know um i say i, I make big calls and sometimes i'm right sometimes i'm wrong you know does that make me a great person does it make me the second coming of allah i, I, I wouldn't go that far I wouldn't go that far. Saintly, absolutely. I think that's fair to say. Jesus, Allah, mm, that's pushing it. That's pushing it. It's blasphemous. It's offensive. Um, I don't believe in either. You know, but you get what I'm saying. I, I'm saintly in the same in the fact that I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong. And does that make me a better person than you? Well, maybe you know what. If you're in the car, pull over to the side, look in the mirror. And answer that question. Is MKT a better person than me? Because he's willing to admit he was wrong. And let's get into it. All right, where I was right. Listen, Anthony Gordon, I've been saying this for two years. When I saw him at Everton, what I love about him is he's got that ability like Paul Gascoigne used to have. Get the ball. David Junol used to have. Get the ball and immediately on the half turn. And he's at the defender. He's an absolute nightmare. Jack Grealish has lost it a little bit. He's playing more controlled and systematic but Grealish at Aston Villa kind of had this vibe but Gordon reminds me of Paul Gascoigne he's got a little bit of the shithousery as well which I love with the M&M hair and you can tell he's one of those lads I absolutely love him and he's proper and he had I mean it's Trent Alexander-Arnold in fairness but but he had Liverpool on skates um, I was right there he's an absolute absolute terror on the wing and I love what he brings uh, where I was wrong Newcastle aren't ready for the title they just choked it was 10 men essentially for the whole game essentially um, 
DVD was sent off and they've choked. Um, you see, that's where you've got to put your hands uh, or your foot in their throat and press. And it should have been three or four. Harvey Barnes has an opportunity to square it to Callum Wilson. I don't know what he was doing. It goes 2-0 there. The game is dead. Allison makes an incredible save. But anyway, they should have really, really uh, won that. Da uh, Nunes has done the business. Incredible stuff. I was wrong. Newcastle will not win the league. Y you've got to punish people there uh, when they're down. Where I was right, I said two seasons ago, Virgil van Dijk's finished. And his big thing was his pace. It's gone now. I think it was that um, Pickford um, injury after he had the ACL. Like, Virgil van Dijk, a big part of it is not just the physicality and timing. Like, he, he's not like Vidic in that sense, where Vidic aged really well. Like, the, the pace is a big part of Virgil van Dijk's game. Like, that ability to impose himself and then turn and come out of a mistake and sort of cover is huge. He's lost it. Because he's not the greatest positionally, but when you've got the pace, right, and he's got tremendous timing, right, in the challenge, you've got to say that. But when that's all you've got, and you're not great positionally, which he, he never has been, he's a bit more like Rio Ferdinand, except he's quicker than Rio Ferdinand, right? But that's gone now, and Virgil van Dijk's gone. I, I was right about that. Virgil van Dijk's finished. He he's not, he he's not just tapering off he's finished i did not understand why they didn't sell him last season it makes no sense to me but listen that's uh, that's on clubs to do he gets the red card again he's late there he doesn't have the pace to keep up with isaac and he's late he is late there by the way he's lethargic to get across um and for me that's that's virtual van dyke all over it's been the last 18 months he had an incredible 18 months and then he's been exposed for what he is post-injury which is a, a good premier league defender certainly not a legend um, unless you are from Liverpool. Where I was wrong, Man United are fine. You know, th there's a saying in sport, and just because you don't like a team, it doesn't mean you can't, you mustn't apply it objectively all the time. Is We will say, if you're playing badly and you win, that's the sign of a champion team, right? Well, they are a shambles. They've got six points in nine. They're fine. I was wrong. Ten Hag's coach did well. 2-0 down. And, and it's easy to fold because Nottingham Forest are a handful, as you saw. It's easy to fold there. Onana's made some great saves, but they won 3-2, incredibly. So, you know, you, what do you say? I got it wrong. I'm wrong. Man United are fine. They'll be top seven, top eight, top six, maybe. You know, they're fine. They're fine. It's, it's not the disaster that I think everybody thinks it is. They're absolutely fine. They're not great, but they'll be fine. I was wrong. I thought it was an absolute disaster and a shambles and it would all fall apart and they would be maybe 10. But he's fixed it. There's some spirit there. Six points and nine. Listen, if you're going to play badly and win, can't hate that. We always say that's champions, right? Champions play badly and win. That's championship mentality. Uh, Man United are fine. Um, where I was right, Raheem Sterling suits Pochettino. They're perfect for one another. There's a rigidity to what Poch expects. Um, and he expects his attacking players. He even expected Son and Harry Kane to drop. Um, press high and drop back. Raheem Sterling is one of the more honest players. Although not great technically with the ball. Um, he's a bit clumsy. But listen, his, his ability to be aggressive again with the ball at his feet, much like Gordon, is terrific. His pace is unbelievable. But he gives you tactical rigidity in that he's going to be in the right place and he will work between both boxes. That is absolutely crucial for the right back 
um, obviously to cover that and Raheem's perfect and Poch loves that he loves a vertical player and he loves players that'll look after um, the defensive and attacking shape and give him that rigidity which is work rate work rate work rate work rate and then you've seen two two goals and an assist Raheem's perfect um, so I was dead right there uh, and lastly where I was wrong the box have absolutely humiliated New Zealand I thought it was a box second team and I didn't think it would go like that forget the red card that was New Zealand's strongest team and my gosh mollywhopped absolutely you, you know Scott Barrett is a very disciplined high character guy I think the only reason he did that was that the box have been so physical and they're so intimidating that you go out of your character. Even the All Blacks were rattled. And so that that physicality that Barrett is trying to do, which is out of character, is th- that is a frustration and a response to within the boundaries of the game, we can't match you physically, is we, all, we, we need to push it further to try and impose ourselves because within the boundaries of the game, they couldn't get near the, the box pack. So I was wrong. I, I really thought the Springboks would lose. I actually thought they'd lose, to be completely honest. I was wrong. Incredible, incredible performance. That is where I was right. That is where I was wrong. I was so wrong. You know what people love is country music. It's, it's the worst. Isn't country music the worst music in the world? If Dolly Parton knew how popular she was in South Africa, I wonder... I wonder if she toured here. Has she toured here? But I can't stand country music. But it's always like, I was wrong. My baby was... It's always a baby. It's always something about his baby and his long-lost love and a pack of cigarettes um, and some whiskey. There's always whiskey involved. Something from Tennessee or Tascaloosa or something like that. Country music is... It's bad. I, I, I mean... I'm cool, like, I'm one of those people, bro, I don't even listen to radio, bro. I haven't listened to radio since 2008, bro. So, and speaking of which, you know what's weird for me? I didn't know how big Taylor Swift was, by the way. Like, apparently this tour is the highest grossing tour in the history um, of music, possibly, or something like that. I I can't remember, I I saw TikTok or a video that this current tour that uh, Taylor Swift is on, I saw Bill Belichick even commenting <laughs> on her performing in the rain. I love Belichick, by the way, coach of the New England Patriots, if you're an NFL fan. Um, but yeah, apparently Taylor Swift's a big deal. I'm so far out of the pop culture, got to be honest. Like, I just, I can't listen to pop music because it all sounds the same. So I understand Selena Gomez is a singer now, by the way. Selena Gomez. I used to watch her on Nickelodeon. Well, I say I did. This guy called Justin Gascoigne, who I used to know. He loved her. He used to love Nickelodeon. Weirdly. Hannah Montana, all that stuff. It's weird. Justin. Good water water polo player, that guy. Anyway, he was obsessed with the Selena Gomez when we were younger. But she's a singer now. I thought she was an actress. So shout out to Selena Gomez. You know, also doing it. I understand she's doing it big time. You know, slide in the DMs. Maybe you guys know. At MKT Inspires. By the way, you can get a hold of me. If you want to slide in the DMs, MKT Inspires, wide open. And as I've said before, um, one thing I appreciate is the lack of nudes that have come my way. Um, and somebody messaged and said, you're just saying that. I can't really prove it because one thing I've decided, all right, 
is I, I delete that kind of stuff straight away because I'm a guy. And this is one thing I've always admired ladies for. You've seen that, that girl, right? And girls are much better than guys at this. Like the long-term, just wait out his childish behavior. But girls will wear you down. And I'm a guy. I know my weaknesses, right? As I said, I'm a big fan of the ladies. You know what I mean? I know if I leave it in the DMs, all I need to do on one day, you know, you know when you're just feeling lonely on that one day, is interact with it. And then it's just like, okay, this is a mess now. It's like, and I, listen, I can't be a hypocrite because I do talk to like footballers and young people coming up in the entertainment industry. And I'll, I'll be honest, I have to be, you know, I try and be honest on this podcast because it makes me feel good. It's my platform. I can say whatever the hell I like. I built it, you know, or I'm still building it. Anyway, I always say to you, to guys, I say there's only two things that make men act crazy. And the, the, the statement drives my one very staunch feminist friend crazy. But I say the only two things that make men act crazy in life, like crazy, crazy, is money and women. So if I don't want to be a hypocrite, I can't engage with that and then go and tell these young people something else, you know? And I, by the way, I know I said I was saintly earlier. I, I basically am. But I, I'm not trying to be motivational speaker guy. But I just, I'm 37 now. I can't, I can't live my life differently to what I say to people, you know? So I think it's, I did that in my 20s and, yeah, in my 20s, teens and 20s. You know, but like now, like I've got a pretty sweet space in South Africa and some cool access. So I don't want to be that guy because and not because I want to look good. It just feels good to be the guy who can rely on yourself, you know. So that's why I got to delete the nudes. I got to delete. And in fact, any messages that start to lean that way, I'm out. Because, I, listen, I, I told a young soccer player at Orlando Pirates the other day, somebody sent him my way to ask for some advice. And I said, I said, I, I literally, we, we sat on the phone for an hour, maybe a bit more. And we were just, I was just talking to him about what happened in my life and my career and or lack thereof. And money and women. So what it is. Stay out of there. So, and by the way, I'm not saying you mustn't engage if you're a guy with nudes. Like, if it's your thing, it's your thing. And I'm not better than any guy, by the way. I'm into the ladies. I'm a red-blooded man, you know, who doesn't like uh, the female form. Well, gay men don't. But again, this part of the show is not for you. And I, <laughs> I haven't had any dick pics which I appreciate because I'm not that way inclined. You know, if I was, I'd love it, but I'm not. And some people might say, oh, you're getting a bit defensive here explaining yourself. Wonder if you are kind of vibe, you know. Well, I'm not. I'm not. Damn it. I'm straight. <laughs> appreciate the lack of, yeah. And it's, you know, yeah, I can't say it. I mean, there's been some good-looking ladies that send me stuff. I'm like, oh, don't do it. Just delete it. And I'm not block guy. You know, I'm not going to block people. Like, whatever. 
People are young. You know, also, you don't be that person who punishes young people for making a mistake forever. You know, maybe she's, maybe some of these people are in their 20s. Or they, they make a mistake. They listen to the podcast. Like, ah. Oh. And, and, to be honest, ladies, you can do a lot better. You know, you can. Quite like, let, let, let's just put it on the table. You know, like I'm doing okay, but I'm not, you know, I'm not Rockefeller and... I live in a tiny cottage. You know, if you're looking for that life, I number one, I'm the most boring man you'll ever meet. I do the same thing every day. I eat the same, I eat three meals. Literally, my whole life. Chicken, ostrich steak, rye bread, tuna, and I have those on cycle. I don't eat anything else. Ostrich, every single day of my life, I'm eating chicken, tuna, or ostrich steak. Not, not all three on the same day. So I have uh, tuna for breakfast on some rye bread or some German loaf. I alternate uh, with avo, uh, gherkins, red onion, and some tangy mayonnaise. Woolworths. Love that. And a little bit of hot sauce. I eat, that's what I do every... So I eat the same meals Monday to Sunday. And for dinner, I'm having... Chicken breasts or ostrich steak. That's literally what I eat now. And I don't change. I'm not like, oh, I'll try pizza. I'm not that guy. So, ladies, that is to say, if you are imagining that, oh, he's, I'm listening to him on a platform, I wonder what he's like. I'm telling you, you can do better. I'm, I'm, in fact, I'm guaranteeing you, you can do better. Especially if in your 20s. So many good-looking guys out there who are doing well. And there's guys my age who are doing much better financially than me and will give you the life you want. Slide in ADMs. And by the way, I do know, I do have friends who respond and engage to this stuff. I'm not going to tell you who they are. But go knock on another door. I'm not, I, I'm not judging the ladies. So keep sending nudes, like whatever. I'm not above that, you know. As I said, I'm not Jesus. I'm saintly, but I'm not Jesus. So if you're a DM slider with your nipples and it's your thing, it's a different time as well. Like, don't get judgy. It's a different time. That's how young people interact now. Um, I was listening to a friend of mine and that's how he got his, you know, he got into a relationship with his current partner. He, he saw her at an event and slid in the DMs. Shout out. I said, hey, T-man, shout out, brother. <laughs> and now they in a very happy relationship going on adventures together. Fantastic. It's a new time. Show a bit of nipple. You never know. Married in, married in two, three years' time. And divorced in five. You know? Divorced in five. I'm just saying. 55% divorce rate. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with marriage. I'm just saying that's what the numbers are. Don't get emotional. Uh, they, and, you know, married people as well think they are God's gift, right? Like, relax. I'm just telling you the stats. I'm not saying... Because I know, I know how people will receive this. Like, oh, it's just because he's single. I can't even get anyone. You probably can't even, you probably can't talk to girls or whatever. Because married guys and girls will get defensive. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with marriage. I'm just telling you 55% of them in South Africa end in divorce. You don't need to get emotional. Relax. Relax, buddy. Don't spill your coffee. You've got to be at a meeting in 15 minutes. Jeez, like, take it easy. Phone your wife if you're that stressed. Hopefully she's not... Okay. No, I shouldn't do 
I shouldn't say that. I'm not going to bring that energy into your life. But I, I am just saying, is your best friend visiting more often than he should? Is his car in the driveway weirdly on a Tuesday afternoon when you come home for lunch? And then she says, oh, he was just here to help with the curtains. Hmm. You know, really, was he? He wasn't. They're cheating. They're cheating. Sorry. Got to tell you, she's cheating on you. If if Stephen's at your house on a Tuesday at 11.32, when you come back because you forgot your cell phone, he's not helping her with the curtains. He's helping her with sex. There we go. There we go. Sorry. Sorry you had to hear it this way. Sorry, Jimmy. Sorry, Patrick. Sorry, you know. I don't know. I, I don't know. Any, I don't know any other names. I, I've got to say the the whole range of names, so people don't go, "Oh, bro, do you only hang out with white people?" I thought you your name's Mbule. Look, Okay, fine. Like I can also say your name. You know, Lethonolo. Sorry, man. Your your wife's cheating on you. Gatlejo. See, I got to see. I'm making making it work now. Making the Rainbow Nation work here. It's for everyone. Because. Black people are middle class now. You know, we've got cell phones, got data, or data. You know? So, there we go. I've, co- I've covered all of you in the hypothetical <laughs> philandering. Philandery. Don't know why I'm talking about philandery. There's no need for that. Let's not bring that energy into the world. Okay, let's uh, wrap up on this. If you're a Liverpool fan, Trent Alexander-Arnold is a problem, man. Come on, bro. Trent's a problem. You know that. And it's difficult, man. It's difficult for Jurgen Klopp because how do you balance the cost of something? It's very difficult to equate human beings in that sense, right? I'll tell you a quick story. When I lived in the UK, I was with this model. I was with a couple. Not at the same time. Well, not not on this occasion anyway. This girl, I would, dating would be strong. Because the way I was living my life at that time, I wasn't dating anyone. I was, let's just say we were holding hands often in the dock. Me and this girl. Holding hands. Hey, you might be listening to this with kids. Me and this girl were holding hands. So this particular girl at at this time. Yeah. But... She was a model. She was really good looking. Way too good looking for me. But she didn't really have any. I mean, she was making money. But I was making serious money. And she was only with me, I think. Because I was making money. Let's be honest. She was too good looking for me. Oh, like, call her what it is. But she was like on drugs. And I knew that, right? And she was just crazy. But she was hot. She was crazy good looking. I, I, I have to be honest. She was. So I was willing to tolerate the madness. Because she was just so hot and she would allow me to hold hands with her which was awesome so i was willing to tolerate the mad it was madness she was full-on druggy right so that's just what it is though right isn't that what life is production tolerance like if we all do it we weigh up some people are in a relationship purely for the money you know like okay this person gives me the best chance to live an upper middle class life for the rest of my life. Not really into them, but, you know, make it work. And and listen, I would say more relationships are like that 
then we're all willing to acknowledge. But whatever. People say, ah, I'm in love. But, oh, well, nah, it's because he's making three million rand a year. And you've got a BA in fine arts. You know, or vice versa. Could be, there's also girls who have guys in that trap. It's, it's, a, it's a different time. But you get my point. Right? Is it's difficult to equate the cost because Trent Alexander-Arnold going forward is like a model. That's the model. Tell you her name, Tracy. Trent's like Tracy. Going forward, Belter. Oh, my goodness. Worldy. David Beckham-esque. The problem is it's his secondary role. It's not his primary role. Do people realize the man is still a right back? Call it what you want. Right wing back, call it. I'll let you call it whatever you want. But his primary role is to stop the ball going in the net. And not only that, it's quite unique. Is yes, do it alone. So it's not like center back. Center back, you've got a pair, you've got the holding mid. Out there, it's you're on an island and you, you've got to be able to take care of business. We don't want to hear it because once he goes past you, he's in the box. Now, I mean, it's murder with these top-class wingers. He made another error today against Newcastle. And I would argue even the red card was his fault. He was out of position, allowing uh, Gordon, I think, who makes the pass through for Isaac to be fouled for the red card. So he got VVD sent off, I would argue. And then the goal was just... Listen, it's it's just a catalogue now. It's Farrell-esque in terms of habitual offender. But this is who he is now. And I'm asking myself, what are they going to do? Because they have to do something unless they've given up on winning. Because if you do that against Man City, you do that against Chelsea, I would argue, let's see what Rasmus Hoyland is like. But you do that against Tottenham, this new Tottenham, they're going to score. Madison's going to get that thing to Son and they're going to score and it's going to be 2-0 and it's over. You do what Trent is doing. You give away a goal every six, seven games. The Premier League's too good now. Aston Villa are too good. Like Ollie Watkins will punish that and then you're out the game. Because there's better coaches than Eddie Howe on this league. You, you do that against Aston Villa. That, sorry, it's over. Good night, nurse. You've given away a goal. At best, you're getting a draw. You've got to do something about it. And I'm so sick and tired of hearing everyone say, just put him at right wing. It doesn't work that way. That's not how it works. He's actually better coming from deep. He's better coming from deep on the overlap. And I'll explain to you why now. Right. He's not that good. He's not Gareth Bale. He doesn't have that pace to go past people. So he's better actually in the David Beckham position where in the build-up, he gets out wide and you either lay it to him or he's got time to shape across him. He's not Gareth Bale. He's not going past you. He's not David Junola. He's not Ryan Giggs. He's more like David Beckham where he's, he's able to work the ball technically and put it into danger areas. Right, which is why he very rarely goes to the byline. He doesn't have the pace or the skill. He's just got a magnificent right foot. It's also not as simple as he can't play in the midfield in England. Maybe in Italy where he's got two, three touches. England's just too, it's too demanding. That's a specialist position. And also he doesn't have the physicality for that. 
It's way too hot in there. Oh. So you can't just put him in midfield and you can't just put him right wing. What I would do, right, I'd, I'd find a way to change the shape to 4-4-1-1 where he's got a right back behind him. Because you're seeing Chilwell struggle at Chelsea now in the left wing position. Because Chilwell, again, he's better arriving late. He doesn't have the pace to really go past people, take people on, like Estupinan and these other guys. Chilwell's great when he arrives late. He's the third man runner. He's got great timing. And then he gets the byline because his timing of the runs are so great. He doesn't need pace. He's the third, uh, what they call third man running in football. He's, Chilwell's unbelievable at that. Trent's unbelievable at that. But but some guys have to come from deeper to make uh, and, and use their intelligence to make up for the lack of pace um, that a Gordon or, you know, Dick Bale had it, Ronaldo had it, you know, Giggs had it. David Beckham, uh, you know what? My grandmother's been dead, I think, for 30 years. I think she could beat David Beckham in a 40-yard dash. But Beckham, let it build up in midfield, He'll arrive late. And Bex isn't going to the byline. Doesn't need to. Wherever wherever I am, if I see a pass, I'm pinging it. It's not as simple as just playing further up the field. That's not how football works. I, I resent the fact that people say, just play him right wing. He's not a right winger. By the way, right wing has certain responsibilities now in football. He, like you, You've got to be X factor in those positions. You've got to be Mo Salah. You've got to be Sadio Mane. He's not that. In fact, Trent's quite one-dimensional. Put on his right foot, he's going to ping it in. That's where he's very, very good. And he can see a pass. It's Beckham-esque. But that's his one trick, by the way. He's not particularly strong, he's not particularly fast, and he can't do his primary role. At some question, I have to ask, why is Jurgen Klopp not willing to see his own blind spot? And this is where the great Sir Alex Ferguson, for me, separates himself from the rest of these guys. And Mourinho, by the way. Fergie moved on from prime Yapstam, prime Ruud van Nistelrooy, and prime David Beckham. All of them, you would argue, outside of Beckham, I think there was a little bit of PR there. Um, but the other two were world class. Beckham was very, very good. I, 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 it was a bit PRE for me. He wasn't great. People say he was great. He, he was a great crosser of the football and very fit and very disciplined. Right, he was. Dave Beckham was like Raheem Sterling without the pace in terms of discipline and fitness. He was always the fittest guy and made Gary Neville look good. He did. He did. I, I have to be honest. He dropped back. Bex was an, an incredibly disciplined player. If anything, that's actually his greatest trait, his discipline. And then he did have an incredible right foot. You know, world class is a bit strong. Let's, let's slow down. World class, you've got to be the best in the world at your position. Dave Beckham was never the best. He was never Luis Figo. Like, Luis Figo was alive and playing in the same era. So, let's not do that. Anyway, my point is, Fergie moved on from those guys. Like, why can't Jurgen Klopp move on? Or change it? What I would do is 4-4-1-1, give him a right back, and let him operate in the David Beckham right midfield role. Where his defense, if he makes a mistake, it's not a big problem. You've got the right back. And from what I can see, he's got the athleticism. It's not like he's not fit. So he can, get, he can track up and down. But now his, his secondary role is defending. And now you're just putting him in a position to basically be Dave Beckham. Is Trent, as soon as you see it, make the killer pass and we'll live with the rest. But what he cannot do is... By the way, right wing is 
you've got to be Mo Salah now. He's not going to give you... Trent Alexander-Arnold is not going to give you 20 goals and 10 assists. It's just not going to happen. He doesn't have the X factor. Mo Salah, listen, that's who you'd have to replace in that position. And it's the only position he could move to. I would say you're going to have to change the shape. Jurgen Klopp's going to have to do something. You can't afford to move on like this unless, as Liverpool fans, you're accepting we can't win anymore. That's it. You've got to be willing to say, all right, we're a top four club now. We're back to what we were under Gerrard. We're just a top four club now. We're not serious about winning. Because now he he is such a weak link. Every single team now is going to knock it about, knock it about, knock it about. Big switch. You know he's one-on-one. Because they only play four at the back as well. The other alternative is to do what Poch has done by playing four at the back and really playing Gomez on the right of a five. As you've seen with Chelsea now, it kind of morphs into a five uh, defensively with Chilwell at left wing, but he kind of drops in. You know, although Poch says he's playing left um, left wing, you've got Colwell at left back, right? So it's kind of a flat four and morphs into a five kind of. Maybe Trent could do that so that Gomez is at right back like Colwell is at left back one-on-one with the winger. But you've got to find a solution where his primary role is attacking, right? And his secondary role is defending. The way you've got it now, where his primary role is to defend, by the way. And at some stage, you need to blame leadership for putting, putting people in positions where they fail. I'm sure you've heard the term, you, you set him up to fail. Your partner said to you before, yes, but you set me up to fail. Don't put me in a position like that. So... If your partner's an emotional person, don't, and your and your father's a confrontational person, don't leave them in a room together. You see, yeah, you set me up to fail. I'm sure you've all heard this before. Don't you feel like Jurgen Klopp's putting Trent in that position now? And here's the thing about life. I said it earlier. We are who we are. Like this is what he is now. The book's out on him. He's not changing. He's not going at that level. There's no time for him to go and work on this and be better at it in ten years' time. Like. It is such a huge hole in his game. I would even argue he's in the wrong position. Like, how did they get away with it? Is that they had Sadio Mane, that had two of the three best footballers in the world at left wing and right wing. That's how they got away with it for that season, for that 18 months where they were unplayable. You had Henderson, uh, you had, I mean, the midfield with Fabinho as well. You know, you control that. They're not controlling the midfield anymore. Not winning the physical battle. So now you are facing a barrage. And teams are dominating you and then isolating Trent Alexander-Arnold. I change it. For me, I'd find a way to put Gomez at right back. 4-4-1-1 with Salah in behind. Or playing off the right. Um, and Trent is a sort of right, like inverted right midfielder. But take away the defensive responsibility and make it his secondary role. Love to hear what you guys think. Do you support Liverpool? What should Klopp do? Slide in the DMs at MKT Inspires. MKT at the MKT Show is my email address if you'd like to email. I'd love to do some more uh, DMs. I haven't really got anything of interest. 
in fact, I did get one. Brett Duplessis sent me something. I'll I'll get to that um, on the on the next show. He gave me some feedback about United. But let me know if you're a Liverpool fan, what should Klopp do? Am I wrong, by the way? Or do you feel, hey, leave Trent alone. He's fine. He's going to play right back. We're going to keep going with this thing, and we'll be fine. Virgil just needs to get back to what he was. Cool. Cool. Love to hear it. MKT at the MKT show is my email address. Email me about anything, by the way. I, I like the other questions as well. Um, you know? Not just sport. So I'm not really an expert on anything. I'll just have an opinion. I've just I've made lots of mistakes. Yeah? I've made lots of mistakes. And you know what my real advantage is? I, I'm cheating the system. Because I listen to older people now. And I'll be honest, I listen to... When it comes to business, I listen to really rich people. Like I'm over everyone thinking they know better than the next person. It's like, oh. And, well, I'm not... I don't believe in luck. Like, I've created... Well, my father and mother created situations where I got to meet really successful people. And I've created a life where I have access to really successful people. You know, so I just listen to them. That's I've I've found a way to cheat the system, trying to become successful. And as my father always said, only idiots will learn from their own mistakes. So the reason I can have a kind of a an opinion about everything. Number one is I could be a narcissist, right? Let's like let's be open to that. But number two is I just I listen to older people now and the stuff they told me to do or are constantly berating me with is starting to work out. I'll be honest with you. Got to keep it real. Got to keep it 100, as the kids are saying. You know when the youth are youthing? They say, keep it 100, dog. Keeping it 100. So, I have an opinion on anything. MKT, at the MKT show. I'll even... I, listen, the BRICS conglomerate paid for a, for a film I did in Sweden a couple of years ago with a friend of mine, Shane Formorten. No big deal. Uh, we got four nominations for the... Um, what do they call it? Is, is it SAFTAs? I want to say it's SAFTAs. I don't know what the awards are in South Africa. But anyway, we've got four nominations. It's not a big deal. Gusasa. I'm looking at the poster on the wall here. Uh, maybe I'll put a photo on it uh, of it on uh, on the socials. We've got the poster above my desk in my room or in my tiny little cottage. I live in a very tiny cottage. Gusasa to Sweden. Go to Sweden or go home. Pay offline. Shane for Morton, brilliant guy. A shameful Morton documentary. Incredible time. That was 2019. Got your cup. Co-wrote that with Shane. Um, it's been a pretty good time. So, MKT at the MKT show. You know, or, else, or if you just want to listen to the podcast, listen to the pod. Uh, remember to like, share, subscribe. Oh, yes, I'm on TikTok now, by the way. Um, if you've got time and if you've got TikTok, please do follow me on TikTok. Um, I'm doing reviews of Chelsea games on there. Uh, so, every Chelsea game, I'll do a review um, straight after the game or the next morning. And, you know, we keep moving. Um, I'll, I'm hoping to have some news this week about what I'm doing next. Uh, if I don't have it this week, it'll certainly be in the next two weeks. I'll, I'll let you guys know. It's pretty exciting for me. I'm excited about it. Otherwise, I think that's it. I think that's the show. Whatever you're doing this week, I hope you... I hope you... I hope you can find some enjoyment in it. Yeah, times times are tough.
Work's tough. Hopefully, if you didn't have a good week last week, hopefully you had a break this weekend and you didn't booze it up. You just, you know, took some notes, were reflective a little bit. And hopefully it can just be a little bit better this week. If you can, you know, the rest of this year, we've got, what, to September. See if you can make these last four months the best four months of the year, in whatever sense. And if not, keep on trucking. Ladies and gentlemen, the MKT Show for today, I think um, it's done. I think it's done. Done well. It's an hour. All right. This has been the MKT Show. I am MKT. And for now, I am the hell.